Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. We are here today with one of my personal favorite um, types of episodes that we do called book to movie adaptations. Today we're talking about Five Feet Apart. Uh, We all went to see the movie together and we all read the book. The book is by Mickey Daughtry, Rachel Lippincott, and Tobias. I'm going to have Ashley say the last name because she does a better job. Iaconis. There we go. Um, (laughs) But before we get started, I just want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That means so much to us when you give us a review. Also, a reminder that our book club coming up is The Rosie Project by Graham Simsian. And we will be discussing that for May. So just keep all those things on your radar and let's get started. So what did you think about this movie adaptation of the book? This is Ashley and, oh, we don't, yeah. Hey, guys. (laughs) Sometimes I feel I need to say my name and sometimes I don't. We all had different opinions, I think, varying degrees of love, both for the book and the film. And I would say that we had some of that discussion about the book prior mm-hmm. and just our different opinions about it. And then that, I think, impacted the film. But we did it all go together. A lot of tears were shed. Yes. And I personally did enjoy a lot of parts in the movie. I felt really swept up in the story. I loved Stella, the main character. I thought she was great. I did think there were parts at the end that got a little bit sensational, I think, for me. So I felt like that did not ruin the movie for me. I did think some of the things that happened when I was reading the book, some of the stuff that happens toward the end, which I guess we're probably going to get into spoilers. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really hard to avoid without being able to discuss it. So I felt like, for example, in the book, I'm going to get into a spoiler right now, that when Poe died, I was really taken aback both by how abrupt it felt and also by the ramifications for both Will and Stella in the book, like I thought if I were them, I would be agonizing, not just over the loss, which is profound, but also did I do something wrong? Did I make him sick? All those kinds of things. I didn't feel any of that in the film. It, I was totally caught up in mm-hmm. how awful it was that he died. And I didn't feel like I was taken out because of some of that that went unexplained. And, but I, but I will say, so that part I thought resonated a lot more with me in the film than it did in the book, whereas some of the other stuff where they got on the ice and they were walking around, I mean, in both the book and the film, I thought, why do we have to walk on the ice? Like, it's sort of like when a gun appears and you know the gun's going to go off, it's the same sensation of, okay, they're walking on the ice, this is not going to work out well, as we might expect. So that part I felt aware of in both instances. So I went into the novel with quite high expectations. I had heard a lot of comparisons of Five Feet Apart to The Fault in Our Stars, which I will say is a high bar, and it did not reach that bar for me. 
I thought there was a lot of good information in it. I thought I, I cried. Like I felt emotions reading it, but my brain turned on a lot because I felt that there were a lot of places that just stretched, stretched my ability to suspend my disbelief. And I thought that the characterization, which is one of my favorite things about The Fault in Our Stars, was just not as strong. I thought the characters were pretty thin. And so I was pleasantly surprised then by the movie because I thought that a lot of those things became stronger. I thought mm-hmm. that they just played better on screen than they did in the book. Mm-hmm. And you don't have control of the pace of a movie, so it's easy to bypass some of those things that I was disappointed in in the book. Yeah, I, th- I agree with Ashley. I thought Haley Lou Rich- Richardson as Stella was excellent. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed her performance and that character so much. I still thought Will's character was a little thin mm-hmm. in the movie. So I thought Cole Sprouse did a good job, but I just felt like that character was not fleshed out enough for me. So yeah, I mean, overall I enjoyed the movie again, like the whole, like the lake part on, it took me out of the movie, but the uh, leading up to that part of the, of the movie I was in it and I thought that the relationship between Stella and her mom there's a moment when they're in a cafeteria and you just see on both of their faces how much they love each other and how painful Stella's illness is for them and like I cried I think from that moment for like the next hour (laughs) pretty consistently and then the lake happened and I stopped but it it was Mm -hmm. yeah I was I was pleasantly surprised by the movie because I was disappointed in the book if that makes sense and I know Stella. Yeah. Stella. I'm, I'm going to call you Stella I'm now. Stella. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> All right. What did you, what think, you think, Sarah? So I read this back in November, right before it came out, and I really liked it. I did. I definitely see where those um, Fault in Our Star comparisons are coming, and I think that – I do think that the secondary characters were thin, like you said, Jen, but I think uh, that – Stella was really well drawn out in the book. Mm-hmm. I felt really connected to her, mm-hmm. and I really loved her throughout the book when I read it. For Will, I felt like he was more likable in the book more quickly because mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. that the way that he mm-hmm. was played in the movie, by the, the choices the actor took and, I guess, the director, he wasn't quite as likable as quickly as he was for me in the book. I did come to love him in the movie, but I just felt he he was just a little bit unlikable in the beginning and seemed really, I don't know, just aloof and I don't know. I just, yeah, he, I, I he think he was different. off-putting yeah. in mm-hmm. the beginning. But I think that was intentional. Like, I, I do think, think that it was a choice. I yeah. do think it was a choice, yeah. but I just felt like I liked him better, more mm-hmm. quickly in the book than in the movie. But also that, you know, the time difference in, in a way yeah. that you develop in a book is so different than a movie. Right. Uh, I did, I, I just, I fell in love with the love story, but, I, and I also, this is my total like kryptonite. <laughs> I love this angsty teenage Romeo and Juliet type. I mean, I always fall for it. It, do, it doesn't matter what the scenario is, but I thought it was a really interesting piece of the puzzle having them both have cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. i thought that i learned so much about the disease and it really encouraged me to research on my own Mm -hmm. so i really appreciated that about it i definitely think i like the book more than both ashley and jen and i 
I did think that the sensationalization at the end with the ice and all of mm-hmm. that was a little bit far-fetched. Well, a lot bit far-fetched, but I also understood the reason that it occurred that mm-hmm. way to promote the rest of the story. Right. So I, it was hard to. It was. Yeah. I felt like it would have been hard to figure out a way for them, for Will to do something where they were because you know you knew in the beginning that there was going to be something where they're going to have to. Touch. Touch. Right. That was, I mean, to me, like, that that's a big part of the story. So mm-hmm. for Will to do it and not and not be something that they just were reckless, that mm-hmm. the, this thing had to happen so that he had to do mm-hmm. it, so then that would promote the plot further to right. me. I, did, mm-hmm. I couldn't think of another way where you didn't mm-hmm. really get angry with Will and her, so you kind of see, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and I think yeah. my problem is, I will say, star-crossed lovers are not always my favorite thing. So mm-hmm. I do think going in, like, that is a big difference between our perspectives. But I just felt like they were reckless so many times. And so that was where I was frustrated is, yeah, maybe he wasn't giving her mouth-to-mouth or some variation of that <laughs> any earlier than he had to. But they were making reckless choices nonstop. Like, in the movie... When she is getting ready to go into surgery and he goes in a room and he's all covered up and he has a face mask on and he has goggles on and then he pulls down his face mask to sing to her. I mean, I gasped and was horrified and just thought, what are you doing? And I understand it's a movie and you want to see his whole face and he needs to look handsome. I guess that's my issue is I think there are a lot of choices made to make it appealing to teenagers that I felt like because Stella was so responsible, I just don't think she would have done some of those things. So I felt like there were a lot of things that happened and I understand that they had feelings for each other and had to overcome that. But I just didn't believe she would have made those choices. It seemed really inconsistent with her character to me. So that was, yeah. To me, it felt like she came kind of full circle and Mm -hmm. was just so just so tired of not being able to, I mean, of living her, I think Will showed her the way that how she was living her life was she was living, she was existing to try to live rather mm-hmm. than like living her life. And I, to me, I, that didn't seem so far fetched to me because they're teenagers mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, and especially with her, the losses she'd suffered and all the time she's been, the things that she's missing out on, I kind of understood Stood that I did think I don't think in the book he took off the mask when yeah. you went in, I don't but know I either. totally I mean I know why that choice was made in the movie right. because you know all the girls want to see Cole Sprouse's right. face, mm-hmm. but I don't think and that it'd be in the hard bo- for him to sing. Through yeah, the thing. yeah. Like, like, it would be really right. strange a some... phenomenon in a movie yes. to watch an actor sing with his mm-hmm. face covered. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I mean I thought that that definitely seemed reckless. But some of the other choices they made, even going out, not necessarily mm-hmm. like on the ice, but mm-hmm. like going out to walk to see the lights and all that stuff. To me that felt really authentic mm-hmm. in that especially after she'd suffered this huge shock, this huge loss and she didn't really have a way to I mean she couldn't really she never was able to, you know, hug the people she wanted to hug. She wasn't able to seek mm-hmm. comfort from those people uh, like Will and then and Poe and mm-hmm. before he passed away. And so I just totally, I bought that part that just wanted to get out and do something normal and walk to the, mm-hmm. walk to see the lights. So I didn't really, I, I guess it was reckless, but I also kind of saw the point. Right. And I think that kind of shock can really force you into doing things that you might not normally mm-hmm. do. Yeah. I mean, I think that in the book, I understood why Poe died, but I got caught up in the, cognitive part of it like what it would mean for them 
what ramifications that had, how the guilt that they might feel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like all that played out because it, because it is so close to the climatic, like that is climatic. And then it's close to all the Mm -hmm. other things happening that in the book, I really got caught up with that. But yeah, I think in the film when you see him and he cannot breathe and they are all around him. I mean, that scene was very impactful. That scene was very, yeah. Um, And I feel like you see how profoundly that impacts all of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that made me believe that then they would, I mean, and again, all she wanted to do was walk a couple of miles to see the light. I mean, it's this idea that it is both totally unreachable and also this really simple Mm -hmm. idea that it just shows how profoundly the the illness impacts her. And I think she can't just go do this simple thing. Yeah. I think her even taking back the one foot of space is kind of that, starting off point Mm -hmm. for her trying to say that you know she wants to live her life and Mm -hmm. not kind of have some control I think and I mean I think Poe talks about her desire for will because he's Mm -hmm. reckless just like her sister Abby was Mm -hmm. reckless and then you see her taking that uh, that recklessness as well but then, I mean, going back to some of the sensational parts of it, I mean, I think Sarah's right in the sense that we could not have gotten to right. the point where he <laughs> gave her mouth to mouth without the ice. Right. But because all of that happened, it was hard for me to get mm-hmm. past that particular part. Not the walking out mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. lights, but why they yeah. would spend all this time on this pond. And I didn't mind the walking out to the lights as much as I minded like, okay, he's drawing her things all the time without a mask and then he slides them under her door and she picks them up. So if you're supposed to be five feet apart mm-hmm. and you're handing each other germy things all the time, like they are cross-contaminating each other nonstop from the moment they start giving each other little gifts. And so I was just like, I just, yeah, it just felt like they were being reckless so much earlier because they had to be so, so careful and they both knew that. I mean, even when she goes into his room to reorganize the medicine cart, she went in his room and touched all of his stuff. And, yes, she was all covered, but it's clear afterward when she's then scrubbing up and throwing away her clothes that she knows that she just took a huge risk. So all of those places just took me out of it. And that's just a hard thing because I think I all like I'm swept up by books all the time and so for me not to be it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly why this one didn't work for me and another one did because I'm swept up by books that I can objectively say that book is not well written but I can suspend disbelief and this one I just couldn't and I don't know I maybe it is just a star-crossed lovers thing because even Romeo and Juliet like their parents are being stupid like why do they have this fight whereas the disease isn't stupid the disease is a, a fact of their life that they have to deal with so I even see the star-crossed lovers things as being different. So, yeah, I don't know. But I did. I mean, I think ultimately, I think it's great to have a movie that highlights something that a lot of teenagers and adults probably haven't thought about and that makes them think about those things in their lives, like how they would deal with these limitations like the fact that she planned her senior trip and then couldn't go on it and she has these great friends who are so supportive and they want her so desperately to go those were some of the parts that were most moving to me that you see her parents and how they've given over their lives to their daughter and even though they're divorced they're still 
living for her in many ways that she is the center of their world. And so I think some of those relationships are really appreciated. Like I thought her friends were great and just the way they still try to include her, even when they're on the trip. And she's trying so hard not to make them feel guilty about the fact that they enjoy it. But then when they leave in the movie, I thought, again, Richardson did a great job. You can see on her face. She's just devastated, but she doesn't want them not to have a good time because she can't go. Yeah, so, she was great. Yeah, she's a great actress. One one of the far-fetched things I thought was the dinner that they had in yes. the hospital. <laughs> the fact that they had this I huge... Love I loved it, that they were all together <laughs> and that they did it. But I, yes. I had to wonder if that would... I mean... Well, oh, they're, they're stealing. Kids. I mean, technically, yeah. they're stealing. They're stealing. All of that. <laughs> they have like open flames <laughs> with the candles, and they have all the food. Yeah, and that's it, some serious food. Yeah, that yeah. was some serious it's, food. <laughs> and they also had champagne, and yes. I'm pretty sure they're all underage <laughs> and on heavy medication. Yes, heavy medication, <laughs> heavily medicated. But it was a precious scene. It was, and then you know, but it, but that was a little far fetched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like going back to, um, the idea of, I think that that was something that was similar to the fault in our, in our stars is that they are whole people Mm -hmm. who are sick and their sickness is part of their life. And yet they are also normal teens Mm -hmm. who have friends and are complicated mm-hmm. and have ups and downs. I mean, I thought that all of that, and, and like you said, Jen, about the parents mm-hmm. and their role and the way that they fit in. And I think I, I also liked the contrast between her parents' approach and his mom yes. um, and how his mom's desire to save him, I mean, to do everything she can to save him was also what drove them apart and what made him so rebellious. Like, I mean, you know, again, very um, understandable from a teen perspective, so rebellious against all those treatment plans and um, just all the plans that she has for him, basically. I thought all of that was well represented. And I also thought that it is profoundly painful. I mean, just the the basic idea that because they have cystic fibrosis they cannot touch and they mm-hmm. cannot be close to each other and I think that that representing that both in the book and in the movie was really moving mm-hmm. and I think that is unique mm-hmm. even when kids have cancer which is awful and hard for other kids to understand and relate to it still isn't so isolating right. and so I think I could believe that you would fall in love with someone who experiences the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then to think that you can't connect to each other physically. I mean, that was part of her devastation when Poe died Mm -hmm. was that she had never even hugged him. And I think that that is really, Mm -hmm. I thought that was well represented. I think that is heart wrenching Mm -hmm. and it is a pivotal part of the illness itself. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, all of that, I thought really resonated for Mm -hmm. me when Poe and Stella are sitting in the the waiting room at the hospital and she's crying and he says I can't even hug you yes I mean that they had been friends for how long and he I mean that he just this illness is a prison yeah I mean I think that was really powerful I think so too yeah and he was good too I will say he was not the way the actor was not the way I pictured that character his name is Moises Arias, but I thought he did a good job. Is when he, after the fact, <laughs> um, after the fact, he 
I realized he just looked a lot sicker yes. than either Stella or Will. Mm-hmm. And I thought Stella looked the least ill yes. of the three of them. In retrospect, I realized that was part of the thing is that I just don't think I pictured Poe as being, as mm-hmm. looking as sick as he does mm-hmm. in the movie. Especially when I saw pictures of him as an actor. Mm-hmm. In comparison, I realized how much they had, you know, how much he looked ill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't what I expected either. Yeah. That casting. But no. but I thought he was great. Yeah. yeah. I thought he did a job. great job. And again, I thought that all the things that happened with him were far more impactful yes. in the film to me mm-hmm. than they were in the book. I just didn't get so, so caught up in the wanting to know why and all the explanations mm-hmm. in the film. Because it happened so suddenly and I was completely swept up in the emotional part of it. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely devastating. And it was devastating in the book, but I couldn't stop analyzing mm-hmm. Was it because of the dinner? Was it because yeah. they were so close to each other? How are they not worried that it's because they're so and close? And that's how I was with thoughts. some of the earlier stuff. I was like, I need to move past this. It's not the central yeah. point of the book. But I couldn't stop my brain from getting tripped up on it. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe that's growing up with a nurse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was like always talking about you shouldn't like shake your sheet out to make your bed because you're spreading pathogens. Because yeah, I mean <laughs> seriously. Sorry. This is this is my childhood. <laughs> We're having two confessions now. That's right. <laughs> I thought the actors all did a great job. I, I mean, I thought it. it was a really good mm-hmm. adaptation yeah. overall. And it's funny because Fault in Our Stars is one of my favorite movie mm-hmm. book-to-movie adaptations. I think it, they did a really good job with that, and I think they did a really good job with this. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting, and I think that that is one of the things, too, going into the book, that it was a screenplay before and then yes. they wrote the book based on the screenplay so that they would have these two things and that um i think that makes a difference it I, definitely do too. Does. So, I do too yes. because i think a lot of the action at the end is much easier mm-hmm. to handle in a film mm-hmm. where it is where it all moves so quickly and you are more emotionally impacted in a book where it's all written out there's more mm-hmm. time yes. to think through some of those details and i think yeah, the screenplay was likely very plot driven. So, mm-hmm. like you're saying, Sarah, about he had those things had to happen for him right. to wind up in a situation where he then had to give her mouth to mouth mm-hmm. and us not hate him. Mm-hmm. So we needed all of that to happen, uh, and I felt like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was believable. And the, I just have to mention the swimming pool. I, I mentioned this as soon as we left the movie theater, but the swimming pool scene, I thought both of them did such a great job in capturing the tenderness mm-hmm. of, and just the, you and know, very just the vulnerable, vulnerable mm-hmm. and just the, the way that you feel as a teenager when you fall in love and, I mean, and they can't touch or hold hands. And I just thought they both did a great job. I thought it was a very mature performance for such young actors mm-hmm. and I thought they did such a good job yes. I really thought I thought that was very impactful mm-hmm. we were all bawling the whole movie mm-hmm. so <laughs> I did yes. yeah I, as regular listeners know I am not I don't watch movies very often and so I was simultaneously totally devastated and also thinking why do people do this themselves? <laughs> and the next day I felt like I my eyes were puffy and I could tell I had a headache I could tell that I had cried a lot and I thought I did this to myself on purpose and I paid to do it I, I really and I mean I, I, I that makes me sound cold-hearted I do think that we need to be exposed right. to difficult things mm-hmm. and there are people 
of course, I mean, I think, again, going back to the core of why this was written, I think that it does a great job of, of helping to make people more aware of cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and what that's like, particularly for young people. And it is often something that people experience at a young age, mm-hmm. since it's often a lifelong, you know, it's, it, it seems like often it happens. They find out as young mm-hmm. kids as babies or, or toddlers, mm-hmm. and then it impacts them their whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I think all of that was really well presented. So I'm not trying to suggest that I think we shouldn't have to confront mm-hmm. difficult things. Mm-hmm. But it is sometimes the – I can do that a lot better in books, I guess is mm-hmm. what I should say. And I know that people do it with films, and I think that can be really powerful. But I both was like, man, this is devastating. <laughs> and also, like, oh, I'm, I'm choosing this. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to cry some more. <laughs> So do we want to, I thought maybe we could add this segment. I'm doing this on the fly. So Jen and Ashley. We're waiting with Beth. I want to hear that, but I wanted to say one other thing Uh we didn't talk about. I loved the scenes where they talked about death. Mm -hmm. I thought that was also really interesting and handled very well by the actors. Because I feel like that, of course, is something that someone with that kind of illness is going to confront over and over and over again, every moment. Mm-hmm. And I, so I felt like the ways that Will and Stella handled that so differently yes, was great because I love seeing different, of course, different people are going to handle that different ways. Mm-hmm. And I loved the conversations they had between them mm-hmm. where they were learning to live with that as part of life because it's mm-hmm. part of everyone's lives. But I think we also right. often try to just not think about it, whereas they don't have that option. And so they're having to think every day through every treatment what those, pur- you know, what the purpose is. And I mean, the whole thing with the lungs and how long right. that's going to give her. And is it worth the risk? And when she had to do the G-tube thing yeah, and was... she had to face the possibility of the anesthesia and not, and not being able to wake right. up. I mean, it was that whole thing. I thought, I thought all of that was really emotionally powerful and just um, spoke to what it's like to live with illness. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that they didn't I have the option say. to shy away from it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that they have to confront it and then they have to work it out both for themselves and for them, their family and their friends. Yeah. It's something they all have to work through. And then I liked the contrast between that and Ab- Abby's death, mm-hmm. which was so unexpected. Right. Yes. So I think it is the startling loss that happens to a young person right. versus an illness, which is also tragic, but all, you can't help but it, right. anticipate. Well, right. Stella's acknowledgement that everyone knows I'm dying and it's going to be sad, but it'll be okay. But no, Abby shouldn't have died. Just mm-hmm. that sense of acceptance for herself and her inability to accept her sister's death. And I think that's one of the reasons I really like this book is I feel like it was it was a commentary on cystic fibrosis and living with cystic fibrosis, but it also had these other elements of being a family and what Mm -hmm. tragedy does to a family Mm -hmm. and how each member is affected by that. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I'm, I I love it even more. (laughs) And I I do think for me, I like opposite effect. (laughs) It's not the opposite. I'm just staying where I am. I'm staying in my lane. I do think that I appreciated the ideas more than the execution. But and we were all influenced by Each prior other. notions. So <laughs> Sarah passed it to Jen. Jen thought she was gonna love it. Jen didn't love it as much as she thought she would. Jen didn't love it. She passed it to me. I then knew Sarah loved it. Jen did not love it. So I feel like we all are. I'm in the uh-huh. middle. Yeah. I'm I'm in between because my expectations were different. Each mm-hmm. of us had different expectations. I think when we read it, but I, th- I, those ideas really resonate for me. I just think going back to what Jen said about the fault in our stars, 
which is very close to my heart, I didn't think it was there. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that's not a story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it wasn't done well. Right. What and were I think, you going to say? I well, want to know what you were going to oh, say on the fly. Before I say that, I was going to say, too, that when I read it, I, I think it all has to do with timing again. Because uh-huh. when I read it, all the only thing I knew about it was that it was about kids living with cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and that it was going to be a movie later in 2019. That's mm-hmm. all I knew. So when I read it, I had no like preconceived notion. I hadn't heard any hype about it. Yeah. So I, cause I read, I read it as a net galley. So mm-hmm. I, and by think- the time I read it, the expectations were high. It's ton of, tons of hype on bookstagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think that's, that has a lot mm-hmm. to do with it too. Uh, so what I was going to say is I think that the end of our episodes, we should just have uh, our final say should be book or movie, which is your preference. Oh. And we mm-hmm. want to have to make a decision. So I think that we will do that every now, every time now. Okay. I'm making a declaration. Okay. <laughs> so you I'm- all heard it here first. <laughs> right along with Sarah's fellow host. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess I'm going. And I, in this one, I would definitively say movie. I felt that it was apparent. It was a screenplay first before the book. And maybe that's just because I knew that, but I could see that in the story. That didn't mean it wasn't a good book, but I felt like I said before about the plot events and stuff that some of that I could see how it was the writer fitting it, them fitting that into the book instead of the other way around mm-hmm. where I think it might have been more gradual. The things might have happened. Either they would have been less climatic or happened in a more gradual way, I think so. And I read an article, the author, she wrote the first chapter, had to write the first chapter in a week. I mean, it was quick, Mm -hmm. the turnaround for the book. So, wow. Yep, movie, um, (laughs) all the way. So, yeah, same reasons. I do think it's more, it it feels like a novelization of a film because that is essentially what it is, even though the film wasn't made yet. And I do think that the way it was written was better suited to the screen. So, yes, movie. I'm going to say movie, too. I think... For both, for all the reasons that Jen and Ashley already outlined, and I also uh, follow the director of the movie on Instagram, and he seems like a fantastic person. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot for cystic fibrosis, and one of the consultants on the movie was actually a girl with cystic fibrosis, and we can put some of that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But she lost her battle last year, uh, and th- there's a tribute at the end of the movie. Uh, so I thought that that was I thought it was a really good I thought I think that it was a really good adaptation. I love the book, love the movie more, and I think uh, I think that the audience it's intended for will really like it. And I have to say, if you are listening and you have younger kids that you would still like to read about cystic fibrosis, I can never talk about this topic without mentioning Caleb and Kit by Beth Vrabel. It is a great middle grade read. Um, and it could also be for older kids, but it is really good for middle grade and to kind of learn more about cystic fibrosis and how it impacts families and how, a kid just wants to be a kid and mm-hmm. play outside and do do all the things. It's a really good one. So I wanted to mention that. You all have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. We're going to end this episode again. Remember, please re, uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Don't forget the Rosie Project is coming up in a, in a week or so. And thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at unabridgedpod.com, or on our Patreon page. 
We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com, or on our Patreon page. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.